0: It's Parsha Bo El Paro. Basia, what does Bo El Paro mean? Bo El Paro, come, do not go. There's something weird about the way that this Parsha begins that Basia just translated so beautifully. Really, what it should say is something else Lech El Paro, go to Pharaoh. But instead, it is come, Bo, and not go, as if Moshe is being beckoned into the presence of Pharaoh by God, as if God is standing not on the other side of Pharaoh, but right next to him. What was Moshe meant to find there? What divinity is there to be found next to a tyrant? Why is he being invited invited forward as opposed to being sent sent off into the other side? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. In this incredibly fragile moment in which we feel relief and yet still search for healing, what will, he, where will healing be found? We're in an absurd dance with people on the other side of us that are spinning us round and round in such a way that we've never been before, but in fact, actually, in certain ways, taking us back to where we've been before old hatreds, old ideas, renewed afresh, as if they were never gone. What should our first steps be? When I was 19 years old, I met a very senior diplomat who was negotiating with the North Koreans. This was in the 90s, so it was Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-un, not Kim Jong-il. But the issues were much the same, and um, upon not at all being requested to share my opinion, I exposited loudly, expostulated loudly and longly about what I thought, which was just, if we knew how to talk to each other as human beings, if we could just reach out our hands in friendships with sincere hearts, all the problems were going away. Really, it was just that the North Koreans needed to be listened to in a certain kind of way. At this rabid display of 19 year oldness this senior diplomat who was in his 60s was, in fact, st- struck speechless upon reflection for different reasons than I initially thought when I was young. He shook his head and said to me, you have no idea who you're dealing with. Now, after many years of strong effort and intense therapy, I have been cured of being 19 for the most part. But I have to tell you that it's in the last four years, there was an article of faith that I still held, which I think I hold no more, which is that if we just have enough sincerity, enough openness, enough friendship, that the world would pivot. It would spin on its axis. It would move on its fulcrum that heart was the lever, openness was the lever that would move mountains. And I just don't believe that anymore. So what are we to do when confronted with a non-truth? How do we speak our truth? How do we find healing where people are still pounding at the fracture? When the word unity means, well, like it says in the movie, I don't think that word means think, means what you think it does. How do we move forward from here? I want you to lean in. Because this week's Parsha tells that truth in a way with a directness that I just have never experienced before. So much of the wisdom of the Torah has been revealed to me in the past four years. And that what you realize is the Torah was born of battle. Born in strife. Right, Grown under like the seeds of, uh, under the um, auspices of terror, in a place that wasn't safe. And yet it flowered nonetheless and created safety and truth. So lean in and listen to the truth of the Torah. We're being called into something profound in this particular moment to which we must pay attention and we must pay heed. I've wondered all the years that I've been a rabbi, why was it necessary for the 10 plagues to happen, for us to be taken out of Egypt? Couldn't the Kadosh Baruch Hu, in infinite wisdom and ultimate creativity, found another way, a kinder way, a gentler way, to remove the people from their oppression? Why the confrontation? Why the conf- conf- conflagration? Why the rivers full of blood and the people full of suffering? What was happening? But the beginning of the Parsha tells us exactly why. So that I shall put my signs amongst these people. See, the thing about oppression is that it can't be ended. It must be defeated. Because unless it's defeated... It never ends. That's why in 2021 we're still relitigating 1865 and 1938 and 1619 because the injustices of those moments weren't defeated, therefore they never ended. But gained new life as generations found their bitter tastes to their liking for reasons of well, I'm just not wise enough to tell. And so what we learn is that in certain moments that there is no opportunity truly for flight, but rather you have to be called into a fight. You can't appease, adulterate, or ameliorate with injustice. It has to be stared in the eyes. Bo El Paro What Moshe is being told is it's not enough to let the people go. Pharaoh has to go down too. Pharaohism can't be allowed to flourish. You know, something funny happens in the middle of this Parsha. Because this is the middle of the story, not the end. We're in the middle of the plagues. The people aren't ready to go yet. It hasn't hurtled to its inevitable, horrible conclusion. We haven't packed matzah on our back before it was baked. We haven't taken what little belongings we had. We haven't left. And yet, in the middle of the parsha, do you know what happens? The instructions for the first seder are being given. The Haggadah exists when there's nothing to Haggadah about yet. We start telling of the story of the leaving before we're left. And what occurs to me as someone who loves the Torah and loves its Hebrew is that that word that I said at the beginning, ototai, my signs, is one small twinge away from being otiotai, my letters. While in Egypt the Jewish people were pushed to start telling the story of the exodus. Because they realized that at a certain point, the battle was not only physically with Pharaoh, but about with the hist- what history would say about Pharaoh. And thus the people, through hard work and through suffering and through incredible bravery started to tell a story of redemption before they were even redeemed. You know, the Sfat teaches, he references a teaching of the Mishnah that says the world was created with ten utterances, ten sayings. It loses a little bit of the thing when you move from the Hebrew to English. Utterance is not just a sexy word, I'm sorry. <laughs> from ten... Right? For with ten utterances the world was created. But there are Rishaim, there are people out there who with their speech are trying to destroy the world. With ten plagues the world was undone. But do you know what the merit, the zchut of the people Israel were? The slaves who made it through? Who passed from slavery into freedom? They received the Ten Commandments. That redid creation. And that's why in the Kiddush, what we say is not only about Shabbat as the creation of the world, but about us leaving Egypt, because by leaving Egypt, we recreated the world. That's what we call redemption, refreshing the world anew. And so, as the Fuji sang, Again, a reference to the 90s. The record is not over yet. This isn't the end of the fight. It's the middle. And what is, it, the con- what is the confrontation required of us? What is the bravery needed of us? Is to fight for the story of what the last years of horror meant. We need a Haggadah. There are so many who are going to try to twist, try to deny, try to sweep under rugs, into closets and behind doors. All of the depredations, all of the deprecations, all of the suffering that we bore witness to. But do you know what the primary job of Jews is in the Torah? To be witnesses. To be mekayem, to be me'id, to testify to the truth of the Torah. Will you testify to the truth of what we experienced, what we saw before our eyes, and how easy it was to slide down the slippery slope of the injustices that never end, ended? And more than that, are you willing to write the story of the Exodus from this moment? Where is the Goula? Where is the redemption? With what shall we be redeemed? How will our own feet lead us into a different place? Now is the time for the war of the story. The battle of the Haggadah. The confrontation to preserve the truth. And to write the narrative of how we again left Egypt. Now it's different this time. When we were in Egypt last time, we were at the bottom of the rung. So many of us safe in our homes are at the top. How will we lift up the feet, bind the wounds, care for the people who have borne most of the burden, children who were in cages, People who labored in old age homes just to breathe, families separated, people of color who lost their lives for sitting in their cars, sleeping in their beds. What is the path to the sea from here? I know that so many of us are wondering what to do, how to step forward in this moment, what is right, what is good, what is just. For unity or for justice or both, but that's not the frame of reference that I wish to choose. Rather, I want to tell the story of our redemption backwards. See yourself on the other side of the sea, and then tell me the story of how we got here. And whatever story you have to tell, go and do it. Redemption. Justice. Freedom. Those are the words that we should be using right now. Shabbat shalom.